0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to be talking about the greatest TV shows of all time and how you can take something that you're passionate about and really turn it into something.
1: Part of the reason I think we were successful is was because we offered the fandom a safe place to come and to be without all of those intrusive things going on. And, you know, there's got to be a lot of fatigue in that. There's got to be some burnout. Uh, I think they were ready to move on. I would say I think we'll get the Winds of Winter. I do not think we will get a dream of spring.
0: They're just being themselves, and the reaction is entirely yours, which is probably why you get in so many arguments, because you're projecting.
2: (laughs) You sound like the person I was just in an argument
0: with. Maybe you should (laughs) reflect on your life.
2: I've also been told that tonight. But let me tell you something, brother. You want to vote on the best fictional dog or cat?
0: You have your opportunity. The problem that I've had with that show is I feel like they based the plot around just giving me lectures about how stupid I am. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So something that everybody is talking about, obviously, is Game of Thrones and how this season went. Was it success? Were you disappointed? We're going to be talking about that in this episode. But even if you, even if that is something that you do not necessarily care about or want to hear any more about, I think that our first guest is still a fantastic interview because he really has some perspective on how you can take something that you're passionate about, whether that's a website, a business, a hobby, anything like that. And really turn it into something that people can appreciate, and he has some great tips on how you can do that. This is Oz from Watchers on the Wall What'd you think, man? What'd you think of the last season
1: listen i you know it, it that it's a complex question uh it, just because um you know there are people that started reading these books twenty years ago. There have been people that have been watching the show since the first night it aired, which was April 17th, 2011. I mean, so, you know, we're talking about, you know, over eight years of, of investment in it. Um, I, I feel like they I feel like overall, I think they did a, a really, really good job. I think season eight has got some of the most beautiful imagery that you'll ever see. I, you know, I, I think I stand with a lot of people in feeling like it was rushed. Um, you know, there's, there's been so much detail in the stories and, and the characters and the character, the character development. Um, that, you know, we, we, I feel like a lot of us wanted that in, in, in the final seasons, um, season seven and season eight. And I think that left a lot of people feeling unfulfilled. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I think the story itself, it, what, was was good there were plot holes there were the things that you could question there and there's all kind of things that you can nitpick on television regardless of what television show you're thinking of but ultimately i am i'm happy that we had eight years of just appointment television nine o'clock eastern time eight o'clock central uh my butt's planted on sunday nights i just feel like the story portion of it and the development was was just a little bit rushed. And, and you know, we have a little bit of insight on, on why that was, but not, nothing that's ever been confirmed by HBO.
0: In terms of insight as to why that was, we're all about rumors on this podcast. We're okay with that. And we'll just preface it as that being rumors. What have you essentially heard?
1: I, I know there was fatigue on the on the parts of, of David and Dan. Um, we, we knew that just from little just little tidbits of information that we would get here and there i don't know if they thought it would get as big as it as it did but once it exploded it it became incredibly hard for them to keep secrets uh, about the show the secrecy the sworn secrecy on the sets uh, because there was so much interest in the show and what was going to happen, you know, in the in the uh, following seasons. So I think that had a part of it. I think you I think you take into the account that it's the biggest you know production that's ever been put on anywhere uh, in terms of television. Um, and, you know, there's got to be a lot of fatigue in that. There's got to be some burnout. Uh, I think they were ready to move on.
0: Did you start hearing those rumblings just with the last season or were those rumblings kind of coming in even earlier than that?
1: no i think there were signs i think there were signs leading up to it um just because um you know there was in the in the earlier seasons you know where every on and somebody would send us a, a drone you know a drone picture um Something like that, which would give away, you know, some kind of plot line or, or climactic event that happened in the in the seasons to come. You could tell that it was. I think you could kind of get the get the inclination that it was kind of weighing on them. So they were trying to figure out how to wrap the stuff up without having, uh, you know, the books as a guideline. Uh, and it was for me, it was never really about the ending. It was about the journey, and the journey to me uh, is a lot more. Entertaining than necessarily the end of a story or like the end of a book or the end of a television series in this case.
0: I feel like a lot of people just felt like it was a disappointment. Like that's – that's how you ended it? That's what you did?
1: Absolutely. How did you feel?
0: I feel – This is, you know, the overdramatic last second, you know, immediate gut check reaction. But I feel like at one time it was the greatest show on television and has now become the greatest disappointment in television history, not because it was bad, not because it was bad, but because of what it in my mind could have been. You
1: know, there's there's plenty of people that I know that that have watched the series through one time and there's plenty of people that I know that watched it 20 times and you know, I, I think there's, you know, the, the, the levels of discourse and, and, and the, the, the appreciation of the work is just all over the board, right? And it really is. And I don't think there's anybody that's necessarily right or wrong. Um, I think that anybody that says, oh, you know, this was just total crap uh, is not really giving it, to be honest, a, a fair shake. Um, but I would also argue that anybody that turns around on the other end of the spectrum and says, no, man, this was absolutely perfect. Oh, no, it wasn't perfect. Uh, there were there were plenty of imperfections in it, um, but I think it's also good. I think it's also good to recognize, Nick, that you know this show probably more. Than, I mean, I know more than anything else that I've ever watched has spoiled me rotten. There's no other. There's nothing other than than I can think of that really even comes close to uh, the production and the locations and the CGI and the casting. But I also think that they were, you know, I, I think they were afraid of kind of wearing out their welcome too, to be honest. I mean, if you, uh, for comparison's sake, and I mean, and I hate to say this for anybody that still loves it, but the walking dead to me is one of them that, that just wore themselves out. They didn't have anywhere to go and it's still going and God knows how long it's going to run. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. I,
0: I agree with the idea that less is more. I feel like they could have done ten episodes at least ten episodes though in the last two seasons and maybe some of those big moments that just seem to kind of and they're dead
1: absolutely agree with that a hundred percent I mean ten uh, it, seven could have been ten, eight could have been ten, and you could have arguably had uh, another six to eight in you know season nine had you you know had had they wanted to to do that and stretch it out and I think George at one point was quoted as saying is you know game of thrones could could have been 12 seasons at one point he said that and i guess the the one thing that we have to fault we can all agree on we can fall back on is that you know what at least we got to experience you know the the show itself yes it could have ended just it could have ended ended spectacularly uh they didn't quite get there um but at least we had the experience and i know that's kind of you know the optimistic view i guess but um man, I'm just i'm I'm just glad we had it.
0: How much and I know this might be a little bit of speculation too, in the sense, but how much of an indication do you get that George R. R. Martin was involved in the like how much was he involved in the episodes that went past the books? And how much of a likelihood is it that essentially this ending is the book's ending too?
1: Uh, you know he, I think it's you know at some point he has said, you know that the the books will end very, very similarly to the show. Um, it's just that there's going to be very, very different, there may, there may possibly be very, very different paths on getting there. And so I think that, you know, I I think that's important, um, in the grand scheme of things, because I think one of the things that, that season eight kind of, kind of did not, uh, they didn't, they didn't quite meet the mark on was convincing me or anybody else that Danny and John were really in love. None of that felt real to me. It never really felt like, okay, this is something you know, they have found their true love for each other. In my opinion, John is still in love and has always been in love with Egret. Um, but I think I think George, in the writings, assuming that he finishes the work, will will tie all this together.
0: Yeah, just listening to you, I mean, I think that the endings make a lot more sense. Like, I'm okay with the way that it ended if it has more of an explanation. And I think that what you were talking about in the sense, if you look at, like, the Night King, who was this big bad villain for eight seasons, and then they essentially explained his whole reason with one line from Bran that he wants to erase us. okay, good, move on, kill him. Like, I think that was, like, the the thing about it that just made stuff fall flat.
1: You know, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I had a feeling that that's what they were going to do, to be honest, before the season started. I had this feeling that, OK, maybe they're going to try to, especially when we found out about the Battle of Winterfell, because we knew we knew very, very early on that there was going to be a big battle on Episode three of season eight. So if you take all that into consideration, the Battle of Winterfell, that's got to be the Night King. Right. Um, and so what if it ends? What if the Night King portion ends right there? And then the basically the rest of the season is about, you know, humans fighting for Westeros and playing politics and, and everything else. And that's essentially exactly what ended up being. Um, I think a lot of people that knew that were in the know about that had hoped that what was basically going to happen was the Night King and, and, and the army of the dead were going to show up at Winterfell and everybody was going to tuck tail and run. And, Somehow the Night King was going to make it down, you know, into the into the to heartland of, of Westeros, get down to the neck, um, and then you know, uh, find a way to get across there and and maybe even make it into King's Landing. And the fact that you know he got taken out relatively quickly in Episode Three uh, was really a letdown to a lot of people who felt like the real crux of the story was surviving the Night King and whether or not the Night King was going to be, you know, conquering and, and watching over the ashes as all of his army of the dead. You know, you know, I I don't know. It's it, it is one of those weird things, you know, when when they show up in the first episode, you see a white walk in the first episode uh, ever um in episode one, season one, uh, where you you know, you, it's understandable why people believed. You know, the Night King is really the main battle here, and they pushed that. Now, you know, in season seven, every time John talked to anybody, especially when he was talking, you know, introduced himself to Danny, it was all about the Night King. It ain't about you ruling the Seven Kingdoms. It ain't about you and Cersei. It's about whether or not we survive at all, because if we don't, none of this crap matters. And then boom, episode three, it was done. Uh, To the point where people just couldn't believe it. They were like, nah, he's not really dead. He's coming back in episode four, and he's going to have more people. Of course, that didn't happen.
0: Kind of for people who necessarily aren't such big Game of Thrones fans in the sense, I think the creation of your guys' website is fascinating as well. How did you guys, how did you start it?
1: We all start, well, the the four mains that came over and started uh, Watchers on the Wall were originally writing for another website. When the Red Wedding happened, that's kind of when the show kind of reached a different level because I remember, I remember the morning after the Red Wedding, I was watching, um, I think it was, you know, I think it was Good Morning America or something. And, you know, every major television station had coverage about what had happened on Game of Thrones. And then there was a lot of people that took notice that had never even heard of it. And they were like, what are these people watching where all these people are freaking out? And there's all these YouTube videos where people falling off the couch and stuff. What, what is this? Like we got to get into this. Um, and then that was, that was about the time when, uh, the site that we were originally writing for, uh, actually got got bought out by a corporate entity. Um, and we, I don't know, we just felt like the, the, the place where we were. Uh, was not about, was not the place it was about to become. And we wanted to keep a fandom type community there without having to go, without having to suffer through clickbait and, and keep it focused on the show and the cast and the writing and the directing. Um, and so we just did. We just went, hey, let's try it and see what happens. And so we spent, Sue and I spent, um, I mean, I can't tell you, Nick, how many hours we spent. Uh, Putting this thing together. Um, And so um, I spent, you know, weeks uh, learning coding watches on the wall. If you go to the website right now, it looks very simple. Uh, It looks very, you know, clean and kind of simplistic. Uh, The truth is, is that there are a lot of moving parts behind there. I just said, hey, you know, we'll, 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 we'll sail if, if they come, if they want to jump on board. Yeah. If, if they don't, what have we lost? We've lost, you know, a couple hundred hours trying to put this thing together.
0: Uh, you know I think we can live with that were you surprised at how many people like when we're, we're talking about and you can be as vague or as specific as you want to be with this but like sure. how many how many people are looking at the website um a, a, a month
2: when the
1: season is in we are um we're 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 just we're we're all crazy everybody is covering everything that we can and uh getting as much information as we can um I can tell you that um You know, during the off season, uh, when the show is not airing, when there's no trailer, when there's no, you know, new information, when there's no casting information, when basically everything is in lockdown and they've been in product or they've been in shooting all the casting done and all that stuff, we would average somewhere between, you know, 20 and 30,000 visitors a day. And then when the show is on, um, we would average anywhere between, um, uh, anywhere between 100 and 250,000 visitors a day.
0: Jeez. Now, is that enough for you guys as this can be a full-time living?
1: Well, okay, so here's the trick, right? because if you know anything about if you know anything about the way that the internet has kind of has kind of trended the past few years you know that display advertising doesn't pay very much and these are basically the ads that you see on the sidebars or you know over the header or whatever else that nobody ever ever clicks on yeah. right so it's more about visual More than it is anything else, because there's very, very few people that actually click on the ads. And so many people use ad blockers now that there's, you know, there's there's just not a whole lot. There's not a lot of money in that part of part of the reason I think we were successful is was because we offered the fandom a safe place to come and to be without all of those intrusive things going on. So that was our that was kind of our oath. And and, in starting the the site was, hey, we're we're not going to do this to you and we're going to we're going to forego, you know, probably tens of thousands of dollars in order to provide this because we didn't really get into this for money. And, and so that's what we did. And I feel very, very comfortable about it. And, and I feel really, really good about it. Unfortunately, what that means is that, no, we all have full-time jobs, uh, that are, that are real jobs. And, uh, this is just a re- really more of a, a labor of love for us. And that's what we decided to do. And we've had offers, um, to, to turn it into something else. Uh, we've had a couple of offers for buyout. We, um, we've had, um, we've had some people that are basically begging to, Uh, come in and put video advertisements on it uh, and to inundate it with those type of things. And and we just basically held our ground and said, no, we do have some advertising partners that have been very good, but they understand exactly uh, what our mission is and what our goal has been throughout the whole duration. And here again, that's not good for the bottom line, um, and it's not good for anybody making a living off anything. But I, I can I, let me tell you this:
0: I can sleep good at night knowing what we did. If for somebody else who would be waiting, thinking about maybe creating kind of a fandom community or something like that, what tips would you give them? Whether it's somebody who's just making the fandom community or wants to make a successful website,
1: um, you know, I would listen. I would say persistence. Your, your friends and your family are going to come read it first, and you've got to, and you've got to keep that you've got to keep that ball going. And then, and then you need to have a, you need to have a niche. You need to have something that sets you apart from other people because there are, you know, there's, there are millions of bloggers. There are, you know, there, there are literally millions of people that make YouTube videos, um, all of those things. And so there has to be, there, there has to be something about you that sets you apart. And once you figure out your voice and what your strengths are, then I feel like anybody can do it. Uh, But it is hard work. It's it's not like uh, it's not like, you know, you 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 start a YouTube channel and you wake up the next day and you've got, you know, three million subscribers. It doesn't work that way. So you have to work at it and you have to produce and you have to and you have to edit and you have to write and you have to be artistic and you have to be consistent. And you can't write one day and then not write for another seven days and expect people to come back you know whenever you feel like it so um it's it's a lot of work but if you're willing to put in the work and you have the passion for it and i think that's more important Ethan, nick if you're passionate about something um then you can succeed in it if you're willing to, to put in the effort and put in the hours and, and everything else so i would just say understand what you're getting into do your research first uh see who your market is um if you're want to go right about um you know, if you if you want to go right about the the Game of Thrones prequel that's coming out, you know, supposed to be coming out next year, go out there and do your research. Realize how many people there are that are invested in that market, and and know your competition, and and step up and and do it. Listen, if 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 we can do it, I, I feel like anybody can do it.
0: Do you think that sites like this, sites like yours, so it's like sites that are kind of similar? Do you think that they're good for these kind of shows, or do you think that they harm these shows in any way by kind of constantly having expectations, so to speak?
1: That's a that's a, good, a very good question, Nick. It really is. Uh, it's a very thought provoking question because I, I think there I think you can see it both ways. Um, I think you know I, I think any kind of press is is good press uh, to a point, um, in terms of promotion and and interest. And, and those kind of things. But I think really, honestly, what it starts with more than anything is, is the show itself. And it's so hard to pull one of these things together that actually has all of the, all of the attributes that you need to have a successful television show. And to think about how many television shows fail every year. Um, because there's just there's no interest that the people can't get involved with it it's unrealistic the characters are not developed well they they don't see themselves in a character what's
0: what's essentially what are you hearing about what is next like what can fans expect to come next
1: well i mean i guess the you know the next uh, the, the next big thing is the making of which is a a, a hour long documentary that's coming on uh, this uh, this coming sunday night Um, and then after that, uh, is, is the prequel. And there's still some, uh, there's some argument about, uh, or some speculation in terms of exactly what they're gonna call it. Uh, right now there's a, what we think is probably a code word for it, uh, which is referred to as Blood Moon. Um, we don't think that's the name of it, but I, Yes, maybe it could be, but the rumored, you know, the the, the rumored uh, title of it has been the Long Night, and, I, and that's been a kind of the speculative thing ever since. Uh, George has actually said the Long Night a couple of times, um, even though um, he, I think, at one point he wrote on his blog that that HBO told him not to call it that um, or whatever else. So, I, I think that's coming. My hopes for HBO um would have been for them to have some type of a teaser trailer before the last episode of Game of Thrones just to keep some type of interest up. I think that was kind of a mistake not to do that, to be perfectly honest. Um, but you know, regardless, uh they, they're they're above my pay grade anyway, so they're uh they're assumingly smarter than me. So I would say that, but other than that, I would say you know when's when is the winds of winter going to come out? And that's been the that's been the question now for uh, four years, I guess, <laughs> roughly.
0: You think he's even going to get it done?
1: I, I think. I mean, based on and and let me tell you, there's a there's a there's a guy um, there's a guy on Twitter that really really keeps up with it, probably better than anybody else. His name is Jeff, but he goes by. Uh, Brendan B. Fish and he's, he's been right really about with a lot of his speculation in in, uh, in a lot of, you know, of of George's writings and when these things are going to come out and what he thinks is holding him up and those kind of things uh, I mean if you ask me a novice I would say I think we'll get the Winds of Winter I do not think we will get a Dream of Spring but I could be wrong he could be writing both of them at the same time but I I, I, I don't think so
0: that would be such a disappointment to just not finish this story. It really would be. I f- it's kind of
1: wanting to see what the author, you know, what the what the genius of it all and the creator had in mind.
0: The Blood Moon, that is going to focus on the White Walkers, or what do you hear that's supposed to focus on?
1: Uh, my understanding is that the, I mean, yes, I, I think so. Um, here again, I've tried to stay away from that a little bit because a lot of that is speculation that is based on the books. Um, but yes, it is, yeah, it's definitely supposed to talk about, uh, the origins of the, of the White Walkers, the Night King and whatnot.
0: All right. Are you ready for the ha- hard questions?
1: Man, I hope so. I hope uh, don't make them too hard, Nick. I'm, I'm southern, man. We, we're slow here.
0: <laughs> uh, your favorite character. Oh my gosh, man. Can only pick one.
1: I can only pick one. Yeah. Nick, let me pick. Let me pick one male, one female.
0: Okay, all right.
1: I really loved Joe Mormont. Um, I, I just I, I loved how dedicated he was um, uh, to to Danny. I loved how much how many how much advice that he gave, good advice that he gave, and uh, his wisdom, and that he was a you know an older gentleman that had made mistakes uh, that had learned from his mistakes for the most part, um, and was trying to do something good with the world.
0: Female character. Who's your favorite female?
1: Man, everybody will fall out of their chair when I say this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Liza Aaron. And I'm going to tell you why. What? Yeah, see? Nick, see? Okay, so, all right. So, let me let me explain real quick and turn off the podcast right this second. First of all, Kate Dickey is the actress that played Liza Aaron and she is a a very, very good friend of mine. and very, very good friend of mine. But I didn't meet her until after Liza Aaron because I didn't even know who Liza Aaron was. But... I thought Liza in in the few times that she was on she was incredibly complex. Can can I say bad words on this? Nick? Oh yeah yeah, you can cuss. Oh okay. Okay, well she was bad shit crazy, all right? But but there was reasons for that. And and I think if you look back at the reasons uh, that that lead up to her getting to where she was and we don't know all the backstory but we do know some of it. It was she was a very very complex person that was really just misunderstood more than anything else. And all that she really wanted out of life was to truly be loved by someone. Now, granted that someone was, you know, little finger, but she had just been mistreated and, and mishandled just because of, of, where she came from. And, and I really, really thought her character was incredibly interesting. I mean, the first season, the first time you see her and there's a, you know, a, a seven year old sucking on her boob. I, I mean, I went, okay, wait a minute. I, I got to know more about her because that, the, you, she crazy. Um, but I was intrigued by her and I always thought even in the few scenes that she was in and she wasn't, she wasn't in enough. Kate, Kate's such a great person. Um, but even in the few scenes she was in, man, I was just, I, I was just, she, she carried herself so well and played that character so perfectly where she goes to this sweet nurturing aunt to, I'm about to throw you out of moon door. Um, I mean, just like
0: that. Who is in your mind the worst major character?
1: Ooh, okay, in terms of—
0: You just um, don't—you just basically just don't like them.
1: I didn't like them—I see, I'm getting getting complicated now. They're complex, Nick. Um, You know, I would probably go—I'd probably go with Ramsey.
0: Yeah, I can see that. He was hard to watch. I don't think he— And
1: and let me tell you, he he became his— uh, the way that he did things, um, and all, all of his, his actions actually, they were so bad that it really became tiresome by the time that he, it came for his time to pass. Uh, and, and I think we were all ready for it because we were tired of watching um, how how sick of a uh, a bastard this guy was. So, yeah, I would say I'd say pretty, pretty clearly Ramsey, although I did meet Ewan and he's he's an incredibly nice guy. Like, I, I can't believe how nice he is.
0: I saw him in another thing and you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> and he's, nice... yeah and he's
1: got you know, he's kind of a short guy and he's, uh, he's just nice as he can be, man. Just friendly. I always got a smile on his face. And I'm like, man, how did they cast you for that?
0: who in your mind and I think that pretty much everybody was fantastic in the show but who was the best actor on the show
1: wow I mean that is that is so tough I listen I I think um, I, just from season eight I think you need to give Amelia pretty big props for for what she was able to sell in the short time that she had so I think Amelia did fantastic um, overall you know it's hard to you know it's It's hard to not include one of the, you know, one of the major characters. But, you know, I think Dinklage was Dinklage was fantastic, especially in the seasons where he got to where he got to shine and had a lot more dialogue, you know, on a lower end. I think Rory McCann did great. He was the hound. And I I don't know, like every time I think about the hound now, there's no way in the world I'm going to ever think about anybody except Rory McCann, because what he was able to do. Um, to me, it was, was just extraordinary. I mean, he was, he, he was such a jackass, but he was able to make you laugh your ass off and wish you had a bucket of chicken while you were sitting there eating the show, watching the show. And, and here again, the guy's just as nice as he can be. He's, he's not a, he's not a turd. He's, he's, he's a great guy.
0: Do you know what happened to Hot Pie?
1: Um, listen, my speculation on Pie is, is that, um, he survived because he told Arya um in, in seven that he was a survivor and and i got no reason to not believe that hot pie is there making bread at that end and and living up the good life and he went hey you know what y'all go y'all go stab each other i'm gonna bake some bread and drink some beer
0: who's ending and obviously look we're talking about spoilers here but whose ending do you think was the best for that character whose ending right. do you think was that didn't work at all for me best for their character even though
1: i i don't really like the way that he died was theon
0: yeah Um, i can see that
1: yeah i don't necessarily like the way that they killed him off but i do appreciate what his arc was and the fact that he could have easily run back to the iron islands with yara and sit there and see how it played out but he didn't
0: how about the worst and worse, oh, worse doesn't necessarily mean bad, but just the one that you thought like mm that shouldn't have happened.
1: I okay, can we go way back?
0: We can go way back, yeah.
1: Okay. I don't like um I did not like the way they killed off Berson Selmy. Oh um, yeah,
2: yeah. I did not like the way that they killed Locke.
1: Um who I understand Locke is not even in the books, but, uh, you know who I'm talking about with Locke, Nick? No. Okay. Locke was, um, Locke was the guy who worked for Roos Bolton that ran around to find the stars and found John at the wall and Uh, actually uh, got killed by Hodor.
0: Yes. I do know who you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and I, I I love Locke's character. I love the actor that plays him. Um, and, and so I, I didn't like his death. um, and it, in terms of like long term, um, I feel like I felt like Jamie's I felt like Jamie's death didn't quite complete where they had been taking him for the past, you know, five seasons or so. And it's not that I necessarily disliked it. It's not that I'm necessarily surprised that he chose to go back to Cersei and be with her knowing that she was about to go down. Um, but I do wish there had been something. I wish, do wish there had been something else more with with Jaime and, and Cersei as well.
0: I, like when I saw it, I didn't understand why. Why didn't you do with Daenerys and John, That should have been Cersei and Jamie, I felt like that would have been. Why didn't you do that? Like that's how that should have ended. I felt like. Well,
1: right, right, yes, yes, and and I think that's what everybody you know had. Had, what was leading up to believe was that that's what it was going to be. It was going to be, you know, Jamie, you know, you know, being the, the king slayer and then being the queen slayer.
0: What do you think about some of the actors just coming out and in a way kind of saying, we didn't really like it either.
1: I, I think it's okay. I don't think there's necessarily, I don't think it does anybody any good to just turn around and take a shit on the show, uh, that did probably did so much for those, their careers, the people that were in it, especially the major actors. Um, um, so I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think that's necessary. Um, but you know, at the same time, I, you know, to each their own, Nick, we, we live in a, a, a society where you can pretty much say what you want to want to say, you know, what you want to say. And, um, if you say something that a lot of people don't agree with, you're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with the, the punishment that comes with it. And, uh, whatever else, so I'm I'm okay with
0: it. I really am. This one might be the hardest. Last, this is our last question, and maybe the hardest one of all. What do you okay. think in your mind is the single best scene from the entire show? Wow.
1: Um. Listen, I there are a bunch of iconic ones, but I, I will tell you this: I will never, ever, ever forget Hard Home, and. The main reason, I think, one of the biggest reasons, I think, is not because I think it was one of the most best, you know, dramatic, uh, traumatic battle scenes that you've ever seen in terms of the army of the dead actually attacking. But I think it also has to do a little bit with the fact that season five wasn't necessarily the best season. Um, and up until that point, the fandom had kind of grown to expect that episode nine was when things were going to go down. Right. That's when things whenever big was going to happen for the season was going to go down in episode nine. And that season, they pulled it on episode eight. And I don't you know, I just don't think anybody was expecting it. I think one of the things that I do know from the books uh, that people did tell me afterwards is that. Nobody ever knew what happened at Hardhome, not even if you read the book. So nobody, nobody knew. And for it to come out the way that it did, and then the iconic scene of the Night King standing on the dock and raising up the dead in front of John while John watches from a boat. Man, I just, it's hard for me to beat that. It's just hard to beat that. Having said that, there are so many others that I love, but that one to me still gives me chill bumps today.
0: Um that's pretty much all I got. Anything else you want to add or anything like that?
1: Uh no, just that um I'd love people to, you know, continue visiting our site. We're going to cover the prequel, we may be we may be venturing off and covering some other television shows depending on what interest is. So please visit the site at watchersonthewall.com. Uh I'm on Twitter at Oz of Thrones. Uh, feel free to look me up and tell me how wrong I was in this interview because I'm sure I was.
0: I want to thank Oz so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find more about him and Watchers on the Wall in the RSS feed that's included on this podcast. Okay, now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. He just got into an argument with his significant other. I don't know why I just didn't say wife, but I felt like I should protect her identity a little bit. He's not going to want to talk about it. But that's the only questions that I'm going to ask him, and let's just see how he responds. Hello. Hey there, champ. How you doing?
2: Ah, uh, you know it's always uh, sunny side up, as they say. How are you?
0: Ah, uh, not too bad. Look, here's my question: When you get in an argument with somebody, are you a <laughs> voice raiser? Are you are you gonna throw things? Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs>
2: Uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a voice raiser. Uh, I have been known to uh throw a thing or two every now and again. Um I'm really just like, I sit there and I say, uh, you know, little jabby comments.
0: And Ooh. then, but I
2: get, but I get, but I get angry as I'm doing it. So like, I'm not like yelling at the get go. I'm just like, it's, it's just building and building and building. And then when I explode, so to speak, it's like, Oh shit. I guess it did just get real right now.
0: Do you, do you regret things that you say afterwards?
2: Uh, I mean, it depends uh, you know, I guess it depends who I'm arguing with, but you, you know what always bother what bothers me is when you get into an argument with somebody who you've been in arguments with before, and you know it doesn't matter what happens in the argument. Uh, at the end of the argument, they're always going to make you feel like the asshole, even if you're not.
0: To be fair, are you generally the asshole in your arguments, though? That, that's,
2: that's beside the point,
0: Nick. So that sounds like you probably generally are the asshole in the argument.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably 95% of the arguments I, I find myself in, I probably am the asshole.
0: Do you real do you realize that you're the asshole during the argument or do you realize afterwards?
2: I'm not sure I realize before or after that I'm the asshole.
0: Hmm. I
2: think that's I think that's some people would argue that's the
0: problem. Are you okay. When you get in an argument, are you a say something, walk off? then come back? Like, are you going to do the thing where you, like, you hit him with a jabby line, so to speak, and then you start to walk away, and then you get, like, maybe five or six steps, and then you take two steps back towards them and say, like, end another thing?
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> I came was laughing about this. Uh, 100%, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I figured you were.
2: <laughs> I, I, am like, I am, like, you know, hit him with an uppercut, they get knocked back a couple of steps, and then I walk away, Thinking, making you think it's over and then I just come right back
0: see but that's that's the problem that's where you don't realize it it's the coming back that makes you the asshole
2: <laughs> well like I said it always winds up I'm always the asshole one way or the other
0: yeah what did uh, what did the drummer call his two twin girls <laughs> uh, I don't know what do you call them Anna 1 Anna 2
2: where do you go to get these ridiculously bad jokes from? No, dude, I just
0: come up with them. You did
2: not just come up with that joke off the top of your head.
0: There's, Well, no, not off the top of my head. I've been thinking about it for years, waiting for the right opportunity to just throw it out there.
2: <laughs> and I, I guess what better opportunity than, than when you're talking to me?
0: No, yeah, I got to use it. I figure I can at least get a courtesy laugh or awkward silence in some way
2: listen we we need to, we need to discuss something uh regarding our top our top five lists
0: okay let me ask you this question first which will either set up what i know you're going to say or completely ruin it when you okay. do something do you generally feel like do you feel like you've accomplished something
2: i mean what what are we talking about like just a household chore like
0: do you when you do something do you feel like ooh Job well done today.
2: No, no, I mean, not really. I don't, I, I actually, believe it or not, I'm not the kind of person to give myself too many pads on the back.
0: I could see that. We could wow. see that. okay.
2: That's, uh. I, I I feel like you're not that kind of person
0: either, though. No, I generally feel like you're supposed to, I, I, I generally feel like people shouldn't get credit for the things that they're supposed to do. Right, like, I played with my kid today. Yeah, you're supposed to. That's your job.
2: <laughs> yeah, or unfortunately, with the uh, you know the emergence of social media, you know, I hate those people or I dislike those people who take a picture of them mowing the lawn and they're like, "Hey, I mowed the grass today." It's like, yeah, that's what a homeowner is supposed
0: to do. What if it's a badass edging job though? I've done that when I did some edging. I was like, "Ooh, that's." That's pretty good edging.
2: I feel like that just means that you're a domesticated father when you celebrate that.
0: Man, I could, I agree with you. What's your mowing pattern? What are you doing? I
2: mean, I'm usually just a a back and forth lines kind of guy.
0: Do you go circle around the yard one time and then go back and forth lines or what do you do?
2: So I, I have done that, what you're referring to. I just go back and forth like lines. I don't do the circles
0: anymore. Why wouldn't you do the circle at the beginning? It's stupid not to do the circle. The circle alleviates any kind of like tricky areas at the beginning.
2: I guess I I don't presume that I have very many tricky areas in my my lawn.
0: Oh, your lawn is a perfect square.
2: I I also say, I have to say this because I know that it will be brought up by somebody somewhere. I actually don't cut my own lawn.
0: you you let you let another man mow your grass uh
2: i you know what i i really for the last five minutes i've been contemplating telling you this because i know i I knew
0: your reaction you let another man mow your grass
2: technically it's a teenage boy but yes
0: how old how old is the teenager this makes all the difference in the world how old is he (laughs) i mean he's old enough to to drive no can't do it if he was like a 14 year old trying to raise money to get his first bike or something like that then that would be allowable if he's a neighborhood kid if you're basically just paying some kid driving over from the high school next door to cut your own grass that's not a no that's a hard (laughs) pass so, so now I got to tell you the story for it to go in contact. I don't care what the story is; it's completely irrelevant unless he's like raising money for the cure for blindness.
2: Well, kind of. That's the story. So, okay. Last year, I just did it. All right, you could make fun of me for that, but this year I was dead set on doing it myself. There's, I mean, I don't mind it. I can do it. It's not a big deal. However, the the his dad, who obviously I I go through showed up randomly at my door like three weeks ago and I had no idea he was coming over. I I wasn't going to call him again. And before I could even get a word out, he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, I, I, you haven't called me and I'm getting ready to let him down. And then he gives me the hook out of nowhere. And he's like, yeah, my wife just got diagnosed with cancer. You know, I can lower the price for you if you, you know, if, if that's, if that's what's bothering you. I just really need the money. How am I supposed to turn that down?
0: How much are you paying?
2: (laughs) I mean, is that relevant?
0: Yeah, it is actually.
2: $25.
0: How big of a yard are we talking? Like how, how long has it taken him to do this?
2: Well, I mean, they, they come on some big old, on some big old tractors or uh, tractors. Oh, so
0: it's a professional service.
2: Yeah, it's a professional service. Um,
0: did they show? Did I mean, they, like if I was, does if the, I was out there doing it, it would be an hour and a half, probably. Does the? Did they show up in a car with the name of the service on the side of it?
2: <laughs> Once again, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but yes.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He hits you with a line, whether or not it's true. He he manipulated you. You he You were suckered into letting another man mow your grass.
2: <laughs> I know that's. That's the, you know, I, but I mean, he, he comes on a day of the week. They're, they're in and out in 20 minutes. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world.
0: All I know is where I'm from, the Midwest in Kansas. If you're under the age, uh, if you're over the age of 10 and you go to somebody's house and ask to mow their grass, you're probably getting in a fight. Like you've basically just said, Hey, Let me go ahead and take turns with your wife. (laughs) Well, I mean... That's that's just how it is in Kansas.
2: I mean, like I said, I'm not proud of
0: it. Why do I feel like when you do mow your own grass, you're the guy that comes in and you have, like, grass on your face? (laughs) Well, (laughs) probably because you know me as a person. God, I feel like you fall down at least once while mowing your yard. God, I know I know that. I feel like for a fact that you're the guy that's out there trying to start the mower up, and the other neighbors are like, wow, look at old John over there. He's fired up today. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't say that I've ever done that. However, I am the guy who comes in with just grass all over me. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 John's Fast Five.
2: Pe-hoo. 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 John's fast five. My turn! <laughs> My turn! In a second. Wait,
0: My... shh. My... <laughs> this isn't going to work while he's awake. You know that, right? <sighs> what do you want to talk about with your pole? Are you, what are you doing here? Do you have a fast? Do you have a fast? Do you have a top five? Do you have your fast five?
2: I I I don't know what you just said. No, I don't have a fast five because I, I it's been two things are brought to my attention this week by our faithful listeners, and I, <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I need to bring these up to you because you might not realize these. Okay, the first is uh, apparently you're too mean to me.
0: I think that I am appropriate with you.
2: I, I've had two separate people within the last two weeks say, "Man, Nick is really harsh on you. He should be much nicer to you."
0: Who were these people? Were they male I, or female?
2: I can't. I can't give away. Oh, uh, one male, one female.
0: Okay. How old? Are we talking <laughs> over thirty?
2: Uh, thirty on the dot. Over thirty for the for the other one.
0: Okay. I was going to say if they were like much older, if they were like 55, 60 plus, like maybe they just, maybe they didn't quite get the show, but that's in the age range where I think that you have to consider their opinion. Um, my perspective on that is I try, I try to be nice to you, but you make it impossible.
2: See, I, but see, I, I don't see it that way. I'm always professional, uh, and courteous to you. No matter the situation, no matter how badly I want to call you a dillweed, I refrain.
0: Nice use. Of, I haven't heard dillweed in a long time. Nice job.
2: <laughs> you can't be nice now. See, I also told them that you were going to try to be nice, but it's not in your Neapolitan
0: nature to be nice. See, you just insulted me right there. Now, I have been critical of you, but I have never been mean. Like, you were just mean to me right there. How does that mean? It's the, You it's insulted the truth. me. You deliberately tried to insult me while I have not insulted you. I have only pointed out obvious criticisms.
2: First off, it was there was a, a question that was brought up, which I, I you know I know you didn't mean to be insulting, but apparently it came across as insulting. Okay, and that was when you asked me if I had to suck it in to see it. <laughs>
0: Okay, before we go on, yes or no, is it a legitimate question?
2: I mean, I'm not 400 pounds, but yes, it probably is a legitimate question.
0: So then what's the issue?
2: (laughs) It's just – it's insulting to think that I am that overweight that I cannot see my own penis.
0: I'm just – I'm just merely a question. I mean, (laughs) look, I'm always a big believer that the reaction is – is not is in the other person's hand, right? Like if you get mad at somebody, they're just being themselves. Unless they're deliberately being mean to you, they're just being themselves and the reaction is entirely yours, which is probably why you get in so many arguments because you're projecting.
2: (laughs) You sound like the person I was just in an
0: argument with. Yeah, so it should be multiple sources have now told you this. Maybe you should (laughs) reflect on your life
2: also been told that tonight.
0: <laughs> What's going on? What do you what do you call a bear without teeth?
2: An unbearable?
0: A gummy bear.
2: Oh, I should have figured. <laughs> I used to love gummy bears actually.
0: Shocker. What? See,
2: that's insulting.
0: <laughs> I don't feel like that's I don't feel like that's a critique on your weight. You just look like a man who loves gummy bears. Tell me you don't look like a man who loves gummy bears. I I mean
2: describe I see then you're right. Now I'm setting myself up for it cuz I'm going to ask you to describe to me what a man looks like who likes gummy bears.
0: Literally it's just you. Just your picture. me Dilbert. (laughs) It's you Dilbert. (laughs) You I mean it's basically you a guy who wears a polo shirt and tucks it in um, (laughs) with with an undershirt but it's not like a v-neck undershirt it's one of those um, crew neck (laughs) undershirts. And the buttons are clicked, so you can see like half of the half of the undershirt. Like that is you, and you know it's you. You look like a man who loves gummy bears. Uh, you know,
2: I. You know, another, another thing. We're over that. Another thing I, I want to
0: bring. How many? How many packages of Hostess related products do you have in your household right now?
2: Listen, you're not gonna believe this. I could not tell you. What- the last time I had a hostess related product
0: I don't think they're actually very good now that I now that I meant think about it that's really overrated that's the kind of thing you eat it you buy it, you're like ooh, that sounds good then you taste it and you're like oh well I was a wasted two dollars I could tell you my favorite hostess thing as a child <laughs> oh my god let's hear
2: it which explain which explains a lot probably is uh, Come on, um, come on, take ding. the
0: the, ding, the ding-dongs. And you, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you hear me quietly saying, "Come on, ding-dong, ding-dong"? It's gonna be ding-dong, and I knew it. I knew it was gonna be ding-dong. <laughs> God damn it! No, you never. You never looked like a Twinkie man. You always look like a ding-dong man. I mean, what do you think? What do you think that I look more like? Do you think I'm a more of a uh, like a red velvet a Ding-dong man, one of those hockey puck things, or a Twinkie guy?
2: Hockey puck
0: things. You're like a zinger guy. Yeah. yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm a zinger but man. I honestly don't really think that's your cup of tea at all. You're definitely like
2: the pixie stick, like straight sugar, like treats.
0: No, I bullshit. never really. I, I was always a pudding man. Like, give me some pudding. Of course you were. Uh, what do you call a fish with two knees? Fishes don't have knees. What do you call a fish with two knees?
2: What?
0: A tuny fish. <laughs> what's they're your, so po- bad, what's your point? What's your point? What's your point about the the polls?
2: <laughs> I actually, <laughs> we got so off track, I completely forgot about. Uh, so uh, there was three people that brought it to my attention just this week alone. That they specifically will fast forward the episode first to listen to the top fives just so they can yell at their car or at their stereo on, their, on the drive home because our lists are that ridiculous. So I wanted to give you a high five for at least pissing three people
0: off every Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Wait, the ridiculous because the topics of the list are ridiculous or because the choices that we make in the lists are ridiculous? yeah our choices in our list probably number one on that bad choice would be blade is one of the best superheroes of all time but what what is the thing with you are you ever going to say exactly what it was that you wanted to say about your polls oh
2: I mean I I can do a little uh, a, a little commercial sure um
0: cut it like a wrestler promo cut it like a wrestler promo throw out exactly what you were going to do and give me your best WWE wrestler promo about it Go.
2: Oh, that's terrible. But let me tell you something, brother. You want to vote on the best fictional dog or cat? You have your opportunity. Starting tomorrow on the Profoundly Pointless Twitter page. Go there, brother. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a different poll every other day. Eight dogs, eight cats. We're going to get down to the
0: number one. Ever. Yeah. I don't know if I was impressed or horrified by that
2: (laughs) good well you got it all right because i was really i was really sad that we lost connection during it
0: no you were i i mean you were going for it i'll have to give you that like as soon as you started i thought you were going to kind of wuss out but you went for it so kudos to that the cream of the crap
2: brother it rises
0: okay well that was awful
2: what what wrestling promo isn't
0: awful but amazing at the same time good point Good point. Okay, so for people who maybe didn't quite pick up on what John was saying, is basically what he's yeah, going to be yeah. doing. Are you done? Are you? <laughs> did, did I make you mad a little bit? No, I just, I just let me know when you're done. I'm done, Captain. No fun. What John is doing, and he is spearheading this, so all uh, comments or problems with it should be directed directly to him. He is doing basically a rundown. We had in the last two episodes, we did the top five fictional dogs. Then we did the top five fictional cats. And we're going to be doing a series of Twitter polls starting on Monday the 20th that is going to put them against each other in the ultimate battle to see who is the number one fictional animal. Do you have anything else that you want to discuss or do you want to jump right into our top five?
2: I want to discuss one more thing. And it's how you know that you're getting old. Oh. I I suffered a significant hamstring injury. Not doing anything athletic. Rounding the bases playing slow-pitched softball. This is my first, uh, you know, cuz I am the the uh, the embodiment of a physical specimen.
0: Yeah, we agree.
2: And I I've I I've, you know, I've, I've pulled ligaments, I've broken bones. I've never actually like, pull the muscle severely. And it, it fucking hurts. Like, it's no joke. You So feel sorry for me, please.
0: Did you stretch? Did you warm up?
2: Oh my God, you sound like my wife. That's the first thing she asked me.
0: If you used common sense in the situation. <laughs> Anyways, let, let's move on. That's, okay, out. I would say, actually, that's a really good way to know. Her. That's when you're getting old. When you... When you have to warm up, that's basically how you know that you're old now. Like, if you just can't wake up and kind of just start running,
2: you're old. God damn it. We we are old.
0: Yeah, it's bad. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into our top five. And this is more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Top five TV shows of our lives, okay? Like MASH... I love Lucy. Those kind of shows aren't in it. John and I are both in our early to mid thirties. <laughs> yeah, one of us later than the other. One I'm of like, us pushing that mid categorization pretty hard.
2: But I think it also needs to be said that this is our just like our list, right? It's our own personal list, and it's it's not based upon sitcoms or just com, you know comedies. It's everything, and it's, it's our everything. personal list. Like the superheroes, which I got killed for even though it was my own personal list.
0: Well, I mean, I don't understand why that is kind of a, an explanation of any way. Like if your personal list is stupid, you should still be insulted for having a stupid personal list. Just because it's personal doesn't mean it's not dumb.
2: All right, well we'll, well, we'll see how much I get bashed here for this list, I suppose.
0: Okay, so it's probably going to be awful. Um, I would say that the only thing I would say before starting my personal list is that I looked at, even if I didn't think that that show was the best, I looked at shows that I thought was, all right, that kind of changed the way that TV shows went. So mine is based on how good they were and how influential at the same time. What is your number five?
2: So my number five is uh, I have two of them. Uh, it's a tie, and I have uh, Firefly.
0: Never even heard of it.
2: There's going to be many people that listen to this podcast that are either going to say, of course he hasn't, or that you're an idiot, but it's fine. And then I have uh, uh, that tied with South Park.
0: Ooh, okay. Um, I have South Park in as a tie with Seinfeld at number four because i do think okay. that like south park is i've never personally really liked it that much but i have, every time i've seen it i've been like wow that's really that's really smart or that's really funny like i think that it along with seinfeld both fit into that vein where like that's really good like you did a really good job there
2: it's kind of what you just said in terms of like shows that changed the game and south park which is still going strong today They continue to mock and to come up with different creative ideas based upon current events. I mean, they've stretched the limit, uh, which no other TV show has really done uh, the way they have, I feel.
0: Yeah, they've done it brilliantly, I think. And you have to give them some credit, even if you don't like the show. My number five, though, is The Chappelle Show.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's not on my list. However... Uh, he is he is hilarious, and that show, uh, I mean, there's tons of
0: sketches and characters that people still, you know, emulate and uh, talk about. I think you'd have a hard time finding a more quotable show of the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, it'd <laughs> be pretty hard in terms of total quotes. It's up there. I mean, uh, you know, who,
2: <laughs> do you have a favorite skit?
0: Mine is probably actually when he's the black president. He's like Mars, bitches. That's that's probably <laughs> one of my favorite ones. The,
2: if you haven't seen any of the Dave Chappelle's Chappelle Show stuff, you have to see where he is a blind man, I think in Alabama, blind African-American man, but he's a member of the KKK.
0: That's That's definitely up there. Actually, I would say my favorite is the player-hater's ball.
2: <laughs> that's that's also a really good one.
0: What is uh what is your number 4 and 3?
2: Uh so my number 4 uh is Breaking Bad. Wow. Okay.
0: Number 4 for Breaking Bad? Yeah. Wow. And
2: then uh my number 3 is uh and and maybe it's I well you know I'll just say it cuz I don't know what you're going to say but my number 3 is the West Wing.
0: I've heard that that's good. I've seen parts of it. The problem that I've had with that show is I feel like they based the plot around just giving me lectures about how stupid I am.
2: I I didn't want to watch it, uh, and then I I watched a couple episodes and I gave it a chance. It is one of the better written and acted shows I think I've ever seen, and it's it's, it's a lot more than just a political drama. And the way they shot it was kind of of unprecedented where they – would film you know one scene with multiple cameras, but it, it would it would just be the scene they shot. There'd be no cuts, anything like that, and that was uh, that was really cool to see. Now, Breaking Bad, I had at number four because obviously Walter White is a character that is one of the greatest characters of all time. However, it's not higher for me based upon the fact of I, I felt the show was always a little repetitive in terms of. Uh, You know, like he kind of always knew what was going to happen for the most part.
0: I have a ridiculous opinion about Breaking Bad, but we'll get into that a little bit later. My number three is The Sopranos. I've only
2: seen bits and pieces of The Sopranos. I respect it for what it is and what it's done.
0: It's one of those ones that it definitely changed things a little bit too. Like It it kind of pushed stuff at the time and went pretty far. What is your uh, number two?
2: Uh, So I got to tell you, the the distance between number two and number one for me, I mean, really, there could be number – I could have number two two ones. But uh, uh, number two, I had to go with Lost.
0: I have never seen it or had any desire to see it. The way that I always thought it was is that it started out really strong and then went like in a ridiculous plot that it was a time-travel dream and they were all dead or something. Like they just – they lost their way. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know what you just
2: did there but that was pretty good um, you know the characters were good it, it was it, it was something that had never been done before on a TV show in terms of the, the, the time mechanism and going back and forth so much and you know I remember even like, like kind of what you just said during the middle like I was fucking confused I had no idea what was going on but every week I would tune in whether it was for the characters or, or like to see what happened. That, that was like the, the probably the first and only show that I've watched where every episode I had no idea what the hell was going to happen or what was going on, but I was a-
0: intrigued as all hell. My yeah. number two, which would have been number one up until this season, my number two is now Game of Thrones. I think that Game of Thrones – Is it one time the best show on television and also the most disappointing show in television history at the same time?
2: See, it 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 didn't make my top five. Uh, It's a great show. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most disappointing show. I would actually give that to The Walking Dead. I think that show is just falling off the button and it's terrible to watch. Are you, you sure you're not just kind of on the, uh, you know, the Game of Thrones bandwagon here in the final
0: season? No, because I've very much avoided any kind of conversation when, when the when the shows came out, because I couldn't watch them for a couple of days. And every episode, I've just been like, what? They <sighs> See, but see,
2: you've like been disappointed, and I, you know, and, and, and you know, you've read the books, and you know, you know the lore a little bit better than I do, but, you know, I... You know, the last episode was the only episode of this season where I was like, huh? Like, that's, that's weird.
0: Well, in the books necessarily, you know, like Circe should – like the, the way that they could – it's all about what they could have done, right? Spoilers coming up here. Is that like Circe's death. Circe should have been actively killed by someone, not crushed in falling rocks. Like, I understand that's the dramatic and poetic way to do it, but that's not true to the show. Like, someone should have stabbed her.
2: I mean, I, I feel the same way, and she's probably my favorite character on the show. She definitely should have had a, a gruesome, nasty death to give everyone, you know, that that satisfaction. But for some reason, they'd rather had her just die in an avalanche.
0: What's What's your number one?
2: Uh... Probably the greatest show that's uh, uh, definitely of our generation. I would put it up against any show in the history of television, uh, and it's The Wire.
0: Oh, Wire's not even on my – I thought about The Wire, and I feel like The Wire got caught up. Um, I don't even have The Wire in my top five. I don't even have The Wire – no, I do have The Wire in my honorable mentions. I think the first season is and second season are spectacular. And I think there's a couple of seasons in there though where you just don't care. Like the fourth season, the fourth and fifth season are garbage.
2: See, I think those are the best. Those, though, I mean, I, I mean, the best. I, I think of that whole show is great. So for me to say the best, I mean, I love the docs. I love the, the the angle on the kids. I love the the politics. I mean, that that show just broke ground, and especially with actors who you had never, you you had never.
0: I heard of them. I, I think it's a great show, but I think that the the hype has taken over. My number one is Breaking Bad. I think that's the best show. And I honestly have not even seen all of it because it became so intense that I couldn't take it and didn't watch the last half of the last season. I couldn't watch it. <laughs>
2: Well, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's fantastic. It's too uh, intense
0: for me. I can't. I understand, like, I looked up what happened, but I couldn't see it.
2: I mean, listen, I, I have no issue with it being your number one. However, I feel like for it to be your number one, you have to have seen the show in its entirety.
0: No, I put it at number one and not even seeing the whole show because I'm unable <laughs> to even watch it. This is what I'm. I'm almost more interested, though, in your honorable mention than I am in the top five. Who do you got in your honorable mention?
2: So you know, I, I, the show Entourage.
0: God no, get out of here! I mean,
2: it was it was it was a great show. Why don't uh, you just?
0: Do you, are you wearing a tap out t-shirt right now?
2: Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Okay, it's it's
0: funny. It's male it's, Sex it's, in the City.
2: That's that's a terrible thing to say, but I. Anyway, Actually,
0: uh, you know what? I would say that I liked Entourage when it came out. It's just one of those shows that didn't stand up well. I think because like it just became too associated with with douchebags later on. But it did. I don't think it stood up well. Go ahead though, but continue with your honorable mentions.
2: I mean, you know, then then I got some some sitcoms like The Simpsons. Okay. Let me see. Arrested Devel- uh, Development.
0: Okay, keep going. <laughs> well,
2: um, I have Cheers on there, even though that wasn't really a show of our time, but it did end in the nineties. And then Family Guy.
0: Okay, a uh, little disappointed in your honorable mentions. I thought you were going to come with a little bit more strength on that. Not <laughs> okay. Not really great honorable mentions. Um, I have. Who do ba- you have? I have Batman: The Animated Series. <laughs> Fuck out of here rick and okay. rick and morty one punch man the wire early simpsons and i i almost put this if i wouldn't have gotten killed for this i almost put this at number one and i think that if you really thought about it you could make a strong argument that this show has had more impact on people's lives than any other show and that is sesame street
2: you know i don't make fun of you or, or badger if you put it at number five or four it's definitely not you know because I feel like that's a different kind of show like that's not like a, a sitcom or a drama like that's an educational program
0: yeah but I think it's still it's just overwhelming I think you could if, if somebody put Sesame Street is number one as the best show of all time I think I would have to be like oh I don't agree with you in the, in like the tone of the, the discussion, but I would have a hard time saying like, oh, yeah, that probably, that actually is up there. Here's my other one that I put on there. I don't know if you've seen this. Chernobyl. I mean, they're only two episodes in, right? Ha- have you seen them though? Yeah, I have. They're, it's
2: fantastic, but there's only two episodes and it's
0: just aired. <sighs> but it's like, wow. I bet that that's going to be, that's going to be a, a strong runner for one of the best shows of all time.
2: Oh, my God. I, I don't think it will be, but, uh, you know.
0: Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys again so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. Coming up in the next couple of episodes, we're going to be talking to somebody who has been to every park in the United States. And we're going to be talking to the number three psychic in the world.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.